some of the administrators, but mainly the DON, they nurtured what I wanted to do. And they also brought out what my true passion was and what I was, what they seen in me, you know, in regards to the healthcare field. And for that, I felt like they were invested in me. Therefore, I was invested in them as well. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to another live recording of the Nursing Home Podcast, the podcast that was created to guide primarily nursing home administrators and by extension anyone else wishing to learn a bit more about this fascinating, changing, confusing, and challenging industry known as the nursing home industry and everything else that relates to it. Today's episode, we are going to be focusing on CNAs. It is so difficult to staff nursing homes with CNAs. It's always been a challenge. Nurses and CNAs have been a challenge. And we want to get to, to a guest that is going to help us understand this a little bit better. So we have with us Quanisha Bernard, who's going to help yeah. us discuss this a little bit more. I'm sorry, I know the service went in and out. I'm not sure if you blocked that as well. Yeah. But welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to speak with everyone that you have with on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Sure. Uh, it's a pleasure having you on the show. So I, I know, Quanisha, I can see from your LinkedIn profile the, the, that you're currently with Health First, but tell us a little bit about your professional background. I know that you've been a CNA and that's going to be the bulk of today's conversation. But just so that our listeners and viewers know a little bit more about who you are and your experience, can you give us the short version of your professional background? Okay, so the short version of my professional background is I started off in a nursing home working in dietary in 2006, right after graduating. I then uh, went on to take the CNA class, which was about, I say, I think it took about a month. That's how long it took back then Mm -hmm. for the course. And then I got into CNA work and I did that all the way up until about I'll say about 2014. So from 2008 to 2014, I did all CNA work. Okay. Now, the work that you did, was this in a nursing home or another setting? Yes, it was in a nursing home. I worked at the um, one facility for 14 years in another facility when I held two jobs, them both both of them at the same time, for about a year. So, But for the majority, I worked at one facility for 14 years. Wow. So you're one place for 14 years. The other place, you were holding down two jobs. But are they both CNA jobs? Yep, both. Okay, so let's, let's, I mean, the goal of this conversation is two things. The goal is to really understand what it's like to be a CNA from a CNA's perspective. The goal is also to understand from an operator's perspective what we can do better to attract and retain our, our CNAs. To retain. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, a nursing home is a business. The cert, the, what it provides, the service that it provides is, and the ones who are, provide that care are the CNAs. So the CNAs are the core of of the of the nursing home. So you stayed in the same facility for you said for 14 years. Yet 
Yes, yes, yes. What was it about that facility that was that made you stay there for such a long time? Did you enjoy it? What did they do right? Many operators would dream of keeping their CNAs for 14 years. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. So one thing that killed me at that facility is one, I started right out of high school. So for me, I it it sort of raised me. I spent most of your most of your time you having a day is spent at work. So the fact that you know I started off in high school and I was there for so long, it then became like a second part of me, a second family. And also, you know, I had certain managers there, DONs, and some of the administrators, because as you know, um, working in the nursing home field, administrators change rapidly. But some of the administrators, but mainly the DON, they nurtured what I wanted to do. And they also brought out what my true passion was and what I was, what they seen in me, you know, in regards to the healthcare field. And for that, I felt like they were invested in me. Therefore, I was invested in them as well. So you weren't just uh, another person picking up a shift and helping them solve the problem of who's going to provide care for the residents. They noticed you as an an individual and they give you opportunities to express your unique talents. Now, if from an operator standpoint, from an administrator, even a DON standpoint, CNA, there's good CNAs. There's maybe CNAs that are less than good and maybe others that shouldn't really be in the facility at all. And you know, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. The point is that still within the role of a CNA, what type you were still a CNA from year one to year 14. And mm-hmm. but you felt valued. So in other words, they didn't put you through nursing school to make you feel valued. They didn't give you a job as a maybe they did give you a job as a lead CNA or something like that. But within your role of a CNA, you felt valued and you felt like this was a second home. Yes. What did they do to express that? So I, while working as a CNA, I start receiving a lot of customer service calls. And at that time, the administrator, you know, she received the email that we were creating, our company was creating a, a new culture and a new morale. And they wanted to pull some of the CNAs who had the most customer service calls and bring them down to corporate and talk to them. So when she put me in the office and talked to me about it and let me know how proud she was, for me, that was one thing because I felt noticed and I felt valued. For her to even, you know, pull me inside, let me know what was going on and for corporate to say, hey, we see you, you know, can you come down here and talk to us and let us know what you're doing so we can, you know, make this across the whole company, you know, whatever you're doing on a day to day basis, we would like to know. So, you know, again, you know, valuing me, seeing me and acknowledging me by, you know, giving me the opportunity to go to corporate and, you know, just, you know, allow them to pick my brain and let me be a part of something bigger. So for me, that's how I truly, truly felt valued by this, the management and uh, operation management at that time. Wow. Wow. Are you working for a good, you were working for a very good company that, that they took the time to notice that. And they also knew that the answers lie with the CNAs. Question for you is, were you paid more in this role as a CNA than not, I don't mean you compared to everybody else, but in, but compared to other CNA, other CNA positions in the area, were you checking? They're paying me fifteen an hour, thirteen an hour, but down the block I get extra twenty five cents or a dollar or whatever. Were you were you up to date with what everyone's getting paid, and did that matter to you? To be completely a hundred percent honest, Do it. it didn't matter to me at the moment because I never checked. I never checked how much another job was paying. I never checked that you know. Oh, I know this is kind of like you know not related to what we're talking about, but, you know, 
my wife at the time, she was working from home. So mm -hmm. I never thought about, you know, she's working from home and she was getting paid, you know, a lot more than me. So I never thought, oh, I want to go do that. You know, that's never that was never my thought, you know, because I was so invested in the company. And I knew that, you know, the, at that moment they had my best interest. So I didn't think to. But when it came to a point where, you know, management and administrators changed, that's when I thought, you know, if they're doing this from home and making more money, I can do the same thing. You know, so that was my thought process. What do you mean that they're doing this from home? and making So when I noticed that, you know, my wife at the time was working from home, you know, and making more money than me as a CNA and my other counterparts. I had other friends that were working from home or working at, let's just say, Amazon warehouse and making more money than a C me as a CNA. And I was noticing that, you know, my back was hurting that, you know, I was tired. I was working doubles. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, once those administrators change, how can I say the culture change? Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. something that affects the CNAs as well. And no one talks to the CNAs about, you know, now that we have a new administrator, you know, how can we all work together? No one ever goes and have these conversations with CNAs. They have this big meeting to introduce each other, but no one have these one-on-one -on -one meetings with the CNAs and try to, you know, rebuild that culture. So in that miss, you kind of start to lose people. And for me, that's when I started to look at, okay, I have a friend over here that's working remote and she's making way more money than I was making or I'm making as a CNA. Let me try to apply there and see what happens. So that's how, you know, I kind of migrated out of being a CNA. But you still didn't go to the nursing home down the block that pays a dollar more. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't. Because by that time, you know, I kind of seen that overall around most of the most of the nursing home CNA jobs was a paint was paying about the same. In order to get better pay, you had to do some type of call center or some type of warehouse job or, you know, work for a health insurance company. They were paying, you know, bigger bucks because, you know, to be completely honest with you, for the most part, you almost hear the same things um, at different different nursing homes. I've known one nursing home that I heard great things about that was within my area. So it wasn't really option to go somewhere else that I was facing the same problems with at that current, you know, in that current space. Right. So this is true that, yeah, the nursing home down the block has the same issues, maybe slightly different. One thing might be better. One thing might be a little bit worse, but nursing homes everywhere are struggling. You mm -hmm. said two things that were very interesting. One of them was the fact that you were not even looking at your rate. And that is, it seems like because you felt valued by the company, by the building and by extension, the company, uh, not every nursing home administrator or, or a DON is going to be able to pull a CNA and send them to corporate for mm -hmm. whatever, you know, the new culture program and the morale that they were trying to create, the culture they were trying to create. But the very fact that they, they didn't come in and say, hey, we see you doing a great job. Here's the Starbucks card. They didn't say, hey, we see you, you're doing a great job. Here's an extra dollar an hour to your rate. They didn't do that. They said, here, we see you doing a great job. Help us. Mm -hmm. And and I think that this is indicative of a, I'm not saying that you are, everyone's the same, right? But, well, you're certainly not alone. There certainly are other, this is, this is like a, almost a universal truth of humanity that we all want to feel important. We want to be important. Mm -hmm. We want to contribute our natural talents and give yeah. back to the community around us, right? We, we want to, we want to, you know, fulfill our unique potential. And when, when people are noticing that, then you're like in the zone. Like this mm -hmm. is, here I am, I'm getting up. Yeah, maybe I'm not getting paid the same amount as everybody else, 
maybe there aren't other nursing homes which have their own set of challenges but but i feel like this is part of my you know this is this is where i belong and this is where i'm doing what i need to do you know that's enough to to keep you there and not even not even to keep you uh, looking down the block. That doesn't mean people should take advantage of that, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it means that that's what it takes. Sometimes that might be more important uh, than other things. And you only started looking when the pay got so out of proportion, you know, that you had to look at other things. But before I noticed the pay, it was a change in administrators. And it was a, I, I, I would say a culture change and also an investment change. So it was a, a director of nursing and it was, I'll say about two administrators I work with within um, those 14 years. They started investing in one, what I wanted to do in regards to career-wise. Career they started to give me certain articles, certain journals. They started to mentor me, you know, and kind of like take me under their wing. And that when they left and the new administrator came on and, you know, not saying to do the same thing, but I'm saying, you know, it's just how they have the CNA program with the RNs and mm -hmm. CNAs could go from CNAs to RNs to LPNs. You know, what happens when you have a CNA that, you know, wants to go into administration? What happens when you have a CNA that maybe want to go into engineering, you know, or something different? You know, how are you guys going to continue to, you know, mentor those that are giving you their all in above? So for mm -hmm. me, that's why I stay. And when I noticed that that wasn't there anymore, because, you know, I'm not being nurtured. And when I say nurtured, I mean, I'm not being watered. The flower's not being watered. When it's not being watered, how can you grow? So mm -hmm. me as an individual, it wasn't the pay. It was like, I'm no longer growing. So, you know, it's not about the finances, but it's about me furthering my career and my mind. So I had to make the decision to move on. And when I did that, it was more so me saying, you know what, it's time for me to just, you know, grow my wings and fly. You know, I've learned and did everything I was supposed to do here and gave what I needed to give. But now it's time for me to, you know, just, you know, fly and just start finding the, the next step, the next step and the next path for me to grow and nurture myself. Very interesting. So the disadvantage of using, you know, culture to, retain your employees is that the second you have a new culture and the second there's a change which unfortunately like you pointed out and this is, that could be a whole separate podcast conversation of why that is so and how we could avoid that but every time there's a new administrator a new don mm -hmm. or if a new company buys it a new you know a management company all of a sudden we do things differently then you're kind of starting from scratch again which which mm -hmm. obviously is, is a very big challenge let's talk very practical right now there are Many, many nursing home operators, their administrators, DONs who are who are desperate for to hire CNAs, to hire nurses. And let's let's just say it the way it is. Many CNAs are doing interview shopping and the you know the unemployment benefits that are being given out many times. I just know this from you know from quality recruit. When we when we're setting up our our interviews with our clients and we know this from from the industry that the overwhelming majority, many of them are not showing up, but, but they're playing the unemployment game and that's a short problem it's not a long-term problem mm -hmm. but the the underlying problem that's just that, that just makes it almost you know it makes it not manageable but the underlying problem is like the cnas were burnt out through covid they've literally like you said before they literally put their lives on the line every single day sometimes double shifts yeah. uh, we don't do triple shifts but sometimes when things are really rough you know we don't tell anybody but that does happen and then the administrator comes and yells at them for sleeping on the third shift. Yeah. But so, but they've been through that. They've literally held the hands of residents as they breathe their last breath. 
on this planet with no one near them, no family members, nobody, because they're in quarantine. They, they, they've been testing themselves with COVID. They've gotten COVID. They, they've, been through, they've been through everything. And this is in addition to the regular burden of being a CNA and all the physical care, like you said, and the back hurting and being on your feet all day and, and the regulatory compliance environment where, you know, if you're working in Amazon and you, by mistake, you, you know, a box falls on the floor and something breaks, I don't know what their policy is, but nobody dies. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Um, if someone you're transferring someone on a hoyer lift and they fall, it's a little bit more serious. Yeah. So after all that, many of them have said, you know what? You know, I'm going to leave the industry. I'm going to take some time off. What could operators do today to attract CNAs to even with the choice of unemployment or the choice of looking at other careers and get them excited and wanting to come back and provide that very difficult but so meaningful care? That's a great question. And, you know, to add to it, it's not only just unemployment that a lot of nursing homes are fighting, it's agency as well. You know, agency is uh, paying a lot more and they get to make their own schedule. Mm. So I think for me, working as a CNA and, you know, picking up shifts, even during the pandemic, I think for me, what would attract uh, CNAs is, you know, and CNAs that truly want to do it is, of course, you know, pay. You know, I'm going to go off based off of the area that I'm in and how much they're paying. Um, okay, they're getting paid $17 an hour. However, you know, they're paying Amazon employees, $15 an hour. I get that it's a certain budget that operation managers have to uh, work with and things of that nature. I totally get it. You know, it's a business and a business has to run. But sometimes maybe for a cer certain period of time, you know, maybe uh, operation managers, if possible, because this, this may not pertain to all operation managers, cut back on, um, you know, bonuses. You know, I know because I had the privilege of being around administrators and DONs. I know that some nursing homes, they get some DONs and some administrators may get a 10 to 17, sometimes a $20,000 bonus at the end of the year. You know, maybe cut back on that. You know, some I know it's because of during, it's during COVID, they're not having these big lavish Christmas parties in corporate anymore. But where's that money going now? You know, why can't you utilize some of that money or why can't you, you know, find a way to bring some type of uh, bonus program about in the actual to become a CNA, not just a sign on bonus, but something like, you know, if you refer a few friends, you get a certain amount of money and things of that nature. And I've seen when the bonus program and refer a friend, we've had nursing homes that, you know, they're supposed to pay at a certain time, but they don't get paid at a certain time. And what happens is people quit and then people tell Joe and people tell Susie and people tell Tiffany. And when you're in a small community, word gets around. And that's why a lot of people don't come out. They don't want to be in nursing homes anymore because word gets around about all of these things. You think that your CNAs don't know that you're getting a big bonus, throwing these lavish Christmas parties and things of that nature. And yet, you know, you're complaining about pay. And this is just what I heard when I went on the floor as a CNA. These are just some things that I heard, you know, because you could do job all day long. But again, as you know, you know, they show up, but no one comes in when it's time to do the orientation and things of that uh, nature. So mm -hmm. I think also, you know, uh, talking to those, I I've seen someone that she, it was her schedule. She was the perfect CNA, perfect CNA, and she wanted a certain schedule and she wanted a certain pay, you know, perfect. I would have loved to work with her. But she mm -hmm. turned down the job because, you know, they couldn't give her the schedule that she wanted, not knowing her background situation. You know, she had 
Uh, I think it was a kid who just passed away. She had another kid that she wanted to t attend to. So uh, and she all, all she wanted to do was make $15 instead of $13. So I think, you know, certain things in, when, in regards to the schedule and in regards to pay, you know, they need to just take a different look at it. But because they say they pay all CNAs, you know, the same salary. But we know that's not true. You know, make a base pay. If you want to pay $20, pay everybody $20 unless it's based off of experience. This person had a lot of experience. All she wanted was a couple dollars more that I knew they could do, but they decided not to. But yet she was the perfect CNA. So it's just things, small things, you know, pay, you know, cutting back on certain bonuses and Christmas parties to make sure that you can take care of staff during a certain time frame so that mm -hmm. they want to come in. But when you're working in a, a community, all the CNAs know each other. So they know who's paying, who's not paying, you know, which administ administrators slash managers put their managers and administrators before they put the CNAs in there. Well, that's a very full response. And I, it's almost, I could hear years of frustration and just in, in what you've shared. And I could also hear the, there is also a disconnect between what actually happens in administration and what they actually share with their team. So again, I'm not going to agree with everything you said from a financial standpoint. We could talk about that in a minute, yep. but let's leave how the facility would get the money on the side for a moment. And I would, if there's time, I would love to touch on that in a moment. But basically, if I understand correctly, if they pay competitively, if they promise referral bonuses, sign-on bonuses, and actually pay them, when they say they're going to pay them mm -hmm. uh, because the referral bonus that's not paid or sign a bonus that's not paid, it almost, it backfires. And mm -hmm. then no one's going to refer if this, if it's not true. And there are challenges you know, with paying with them. But at the end of the day, if this stuff really can work, but if you, you know, if you don't get it right the first time, it's not going to work. What I'm surprised with is that the beginning of this conversation, most of it was about culture, culture, culture. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you didn't even look, down the block for what the rate was. And I was expecting you to say that if you want people to stay, you have to create an environment where they should want to stay, not just the benefits, not just the money. Yeah. But the question was, the question was, is how are you going to bring people in? You know, when, once you get them in, it's the cold, you know what I mean? But in Got order it. to okay. get someone in, you know, if I'm applying at, let's just say I'm applying at, you know, let's say event has a nursing home and then Halifax has a nursing home. Mm -hmm. If I'm applying at event and, you know, the pay rate there, let's say it's $17, but at Halifax nursing home, it's $20. Yeah. Right now, I don't know the culture just yet. You know, I may know a little bit, but I don't know how you're going to invest in me and how you're going to invest in my goal. You know what I mean? Okay. So you know, the question yeah. was, you know, how do you get people from, you know, that interview process and, you know, maybe coming to the interview, but not actually come to the job or go on a few days at work, but you know, end up quitting. So with that question is why, you know, I stated about the whole, you know, when it comes down to the money, when it comes down to the schedule, when it comes down to referral bonuses. Got it. Got it. So basically to get people in the door, it has to make sense on paper mm -hmm. to keep people in the door. It's culture. Yes. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I assume if you have a very strong culture, then the word in the, you know, in the street or whatever, in the community, you know, it's not just CNAs, but every job, right? The professionals talk to each other and they've all worked for different companies. And, you know, it's a very small industry, long-term care, and you keep on meeting up with the same people. If you have a super strong culture, I assume that that would also, I know that that would also, you know, word would go out. I know a particular, I know an operator that 
has not adjusted their rates and they're doing very they're doing fine because mm -hmm. their culture is amazing even now mm -hmm. and so that definitely is a piece but in order to get people in it obviously has to make sense for them as well very interesting so now let's just talk let's just talk about rates for a minute i've done this myself as an administrator more than once i've gone through i've spoken to the cnas and i really wanted to hear what they have to say and a lot of it came down to the wage scale and how it's outdated and we did a wage analysis we looked at what everyone else was paying and you know and surprisingly many of the competing facilities did share their wage scale with us and we created an analysis we saw some you know in some areas we were above some areas we were below some areas we were average and we were able to adjust the wage scale for our current employees and some employees got ridiculous pay raises we had some and and appropriately so you know we had a cna that was there for 25 years overnight got a five dollar raise five dollar an hour raise mm -hmm. right every dollar is two thousand dollars so basically she just got a ten thousand dollar raise and there were other people who got other types of raises and changes in their wage and to my surprise nothing changed absolutely nothing the care wasn't any different we still had the exact same issues with people picking up shifts true we were working obviously we were working on the culture and but the reason why we had to do this is what you said is that there's a bigger problem and let, let's talk about this bigger problem for a moment if i want to hire let's say i'm paying my let's just assume all cnas are our work the execs have the same experience just to simplify it let's say a cna is 13 dollars an hour and now i have a great cna to add to the team but like you said she can only work or he can only work for 15 dollars an hour and it makes sense and it's legitimate if I'm going to hire the new person at $15 an hour mm -hmm. and tell it, don't tell anybody, guess what's going to happen? He's going to know. Mm -hmm. That's the way it is, right? Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as don't tell anybody. When that when that goes out, yes, you got a new CNA, $15 an hour, and she might deserve it or he might deserve it, and that's great. But once the word gets out that you're paying inconsistently, that creates such drama, and it, it's not fair, and they're right, that if you're paying inconsistently, it's a problem. So the other option is to raise everybody to $15 an hour. Now, that's a tremendous expense. You have, you know, if you have one CNA and you're giving them a $2 an hour raise, that's $4,000, right? So if you, if it's going to be 10 CNAs, that's 40 grand. That's very significant. Mm -hmm. If it's 100 CNAs, that's $400,000. Mm -hmm. It sounds very little, but when you, when you look at it, uh, you know, across the board, it's, it's a lot of money. So that's not always an option. So you're right. Operators sometimes will have, be forced to pay inconsistently and deal with it and deal with the fallout, and then promise that we'll give a raise maybe down the road, they can try to pay someone inconsistently for a limited amount of time. So the first six months, you get paid $15 an hour, and then it goes down to 13 in six months, and then they leave after six months. Or, or like you say, they'll have six months to prove the culture that's worth staying even for 13. But, but that certainly is a challenge. But, and the other thing is, Nursing homes cannot afford to compete with with Amazon or some of these other jobs because mm -hmm. their reimbursement has not gone up dramatically. I know that, and also, you know, administrators and DONs, it is possible technically to get, you know, certain types of bonuses. It does not happen nearly as often as people think it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, many times the bonuses are unattainable. There is a structure where technically they could get significant bonuses, but Many times the numbers are much, much lower than people imagine. And also they deserve those bonuses. There's a reason why the ministry is administrator. That's the person who's responsible for everything that goes on in the building. Mm -hmm. Their license is for everyone's license, so they deserve it. 
I don't think the solution is to pull out from those places necessarily. But I think that to some extent, your point is, yeah, I don't want to go over here too long, but the point is like this. You're right. They should figure out how to tighten the belt and do something for, to express financially to your current staff and your new staff that you actually appreciate them being there. Mm-hmm. Keep your word. If you say you're going to give a referral bonus, give it. If you say you're going to give a sign-on bonus, give it. I know there are places that are offering $10,000 sign-on bonuses for nurses, maybe 5000 for seniors, like ridiculous things actually do it and then you know and then that that can that can help out i think also that you know and i totally understand what you're saying and get where you're going when it comes to the financial part of it you know definitely something where you know it's communication where you know that gets you know that gets out and then people say well you know like i just said it could go somewhere else you know not Mm -hmm. not all of it but some of it so you know that's communication of it but also being involved in colleges for example you know i go to school right now from i'm going to school for my bachelor so but some of the nursing homes are not on college campuses mm-hmm. and a lot i'm right now a part of an organization a professional organization and we have you know dozens of hsa majors with it which is health service administration majors you know and a lot of them get out of college you know and they don't have it's hard for them to get into the the uh program or a actual job career field that they want to get into. So why not do what hospitals and other, let's just say like Aldi's, Lockheed Martin, a lot of them are on campus campus and on a job fair, you know, they're letting them do their internship there. And then, you know, they go on to get the job they want to get. Why aren't nursing homes doing the same thing? Okay. Hey, you know, we can hire you as a CNA. You can also do your internship or your AIT program here with us. You know, as long as you come in as a CNA, you know, we're going to then take you through that internship or AIT program. And then, you know, if you're a great fit, you get to move forward. So that's another way to bring in new hires because it is a lot. And I, I, I go to UCF. UCF is a huge campus and their HSA program is huge. And a lot of people graduate and it's like it's so hard for them to get a job whether it's hr rather it's being an administrator rather it's working in the business office manager or rather it's marketing you know it's a lot of them that's out there that you know when you talk to them about the nursing home they're like hey i never thought about that you know so that's another way that i feel you know recruitment should go as well get into some of those programs that's health service administration roles and try to recruit them as cnas first and that's how you invest in them and also they learn your culture and then they stick with you Interesting. So that would be a way of getting them to to become a part of the team in a temporary way, though, because they're they're only doing it for a six week stint or maybe six no. months or whatever. No, for example, you got to go to school for four years, you know, and mm-hmm. for the most part, if I'm going to school for HSA, I'll say I knew my major was HSA for the past three years. Okay. You know, and a lot of my friends from my professional uh, fraternity, they knew as well that their organization, I mean, that their uh, field was going to be health service administration. Um, for a few years so mm-hmm. technically you honestly have two to three years for them to be a cna so they're investing two to three years of their life life you know to the company and then the company then pay it for it once it's time for them to move on of course if they're a good fit you know mm-hmm. you don't want somebody that's going to constantly call off but if somebody's mm-hmm. been there for three years they've been on time they don't call they're not someone who calls off all the time you know and they work their cna job and picked up shifts you know and have a great personality okay yes they could get into the ait program or they can be they could shadow the business office manager or do their internship hours there because the college and you need it to graduate you have to do internship hours so a mm, lot of them you know that opportunity would be great for them so they would want to do an internship you say even for a significant amount of time while they're going for their major 
their HSA degree. And then, and, and especially if they have the knowledge that this can help them with their job at the end of their, uh, when they get their degree. And yeah. it really could be a win-win. That's very interesting. Yes, because you have uh, you have to look at it and admit, I know someone that just graduated, you know, did her AIT program. And she said, and she said it to me that, you know, everything in school, none of it pertained to being an administrator. None of it. Hmm. You know, I have some friends that are um, in recruitment right now working for Advent Hospital. Nothing of what he's doing in his bachelor's and now he's in his master's pertain to what he's learning now, now that he's actually working for Advent Health as a recruiter. Nothing. But when you're actually, okay, if I'm a CNA and then you let uh, me do internship hours or shadow, shadow you for a couple of days out the week, you know, or maybe one day out the week, you know, and that way I'm actually learning. You're learning more on the job than you are in school. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that also could be a whole separate conversation. Is yeah, uh, yeah. Are you know are the college degree programs set up in a way to actually prepare us for the jobs that we're going to do, or is it just a way of making the owners rich as we you know get take on all the debt or whatever it takes scholarships in order to to get mm -hmm. through it? But well, with that being said, it's also an open door for nursing homes to come in and yeah. you know, start you know using that to their advantage. Very interesting. So, okay, that's definitely something. So, if you're a nursing, if so, if you're an administrator, if you're a DON or anyone involved is in with staffing, you start reaching out to your local colleges, and especially if there's a HSA program, this could be something that would be interesting for them in order to get some real world experience, so that when they leave and they have their degree, they can they can get. Yeah, started the hospital right does away. it. At Benton Health right now, they hire. I think they call call them patient techs. Same thing as CNA, mm -hmm. just a different name. They do it all the time. I know an RM right now that uh, spent a year or two years working at Advent Health as a patient tech, and she now just got her RN license. They wow. do it all the time. The nursing home just doesn't do it. They have enough time while they're going for their degree to pick up full shifts? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Very interesting. In a nursing okay. home? Yeah. But yeah, this, so, this is great. So, so that's definitely another opportunity to a place to find CNAs that are actually interested in working. So, okay, amazing. So th this has been, this has been very, very helpful. Really getting, you know, the real information, not holding back of what, what it's been like to be a CNA and maybe, you know, a little bit of a perspective of what operators can do today to be able to win back, to maintain, to retain their current CNAs and, you know, to be able to bring on new talent as well. Just before we let you go, any final thoughts that you would want to share with us about this topic before we let you go? Um, I just want to thank you foremost for allowing me to come on. I learned things as well. You know, it's not all what we hear when we're on the floor as a CNA. But so I'm really appreciative of this opportunity because it's going to help me continue to grow. But yeah, just uh, keep doing what you're doing because, you know, it's, this topic is a hot topic right now. So yeah. I enjoy but, all of your posts. All right. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. It is a hot topic, like you said, and this is actually, you brought up another point right now. Let's just end with that, mm -hmm. is that effective communication goes a long way. Yeah. If if it's really true that you can't adjust your, your wages for the CNAs and you really want to, you can either just not address it or you could call them together and say, here's what you guys deserve. You're getting paid at this rate. You really deserve to get paid at this rate. And this mm -hmm. is what we need from the nursing home perspective in order to do that. Here's why we cannot do this right now. Mm -hmm. And here's what we're doing and here's what we can do. Yeah. We're going to have this program where we're going to help you with career advancement. And now we have this person, an outside consultant, who's going to come in and help you with that. We're going to help you with uh, 
you know, maybe connect you with the local colleges to see what your next step could be. We're going to give you opportunities or advancements within the company. And when we hit this point, which we're already working on it, then we can readdress the the pay rates. But that's a much better conversation than no, first of all, than no conversation and have all the CNAs in the break room saying, I just heard the administrator. I think I saw his check. He got extra $10,000 bonus. And I'm still making twelve fifty an hour for the last 10 years. Who does he think he is? Yeah. And which which may or may not be correct, and it may it may or may may not be factually correct, and or may may or may not be the right thing that it sh- those facts should be that way. But regardless, w- direct communication goes a very very long way to yeah. retaining. And yes, we're busy catching our tail trying to keep the buildings operating and dealing with everything that we're dealing with. But at the same time, to, you know, our CNAs are our most valuable. I hate to call assets, but human, right? It's the biggest part of the business, right? Mm -hmm. It's the frontline staff, 100%. So just some of those conversations could go a long way. But Quinisha, thank you so much for coming on the Nursing Home Podcast. I really appreciate it. I don't want want this to be the last conversation with bringing CNAs onto the show. If And, you know, definitely I'm looking maybe even to do a panel of CNAs on the show in the near future, working on that as well. Maybe you'll be able to tell me. But either way, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.